You're listening to the Law and Gospel on this Friday, February the 11th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and on Fridays, it's kind of an open mic, but we're still not in the studio, so we do this through emails. And I received an email from a pastor. I I do not know this pastor. I can tell you who he is. He's uh, Pastor Dan Delzell, and he is pastor of Redeemer Lutheran Church in Papillion, Nebraska. Now, he is writing about something that is really dear to my heart from a law and gospel point of view. And I'll, I'll begin with the first paragraph. The most popular religious theory in the world posts that man can work his way to heaven. This natural assumption reveals a huge disconnect between God and man. God's knowledge about salvation differs greatly from human opinions. Now, this is a few pages long, but it's one of the best I have ever read in dealing with this tough subject because by nature, man thinks that he can work his way into heaven. Why does he do that by nature? Well, he does that because that's how the world works. You get ahead by your works. Your parents are always eager to make sure you get high grades at school so you can go to the next level from grade six to grade seven to high school to college. When you're at work, you would like to have a promotion, and that is often decided by how hard you are as a worker, coming in on time, taking short lunches, working to the very last minute. And where else in the world do you not get ahead by your works? So when people invent a God, they just assume that the practice in getting on the God's good side is the same way that you get on the good side of other human beings by your works. So, Pastor Delzell continues, a person does his first good work in God's sight only after he is born again, and quotes John 3, 5 to 7. So this new birth occurs when a person repents of his sin and relies upon Christ alone for salvation. Now, that's an excellent point that the pastor is making, and it's very true. You don't do a good work until you believe in Jesus Christ. Now, he explains that. Going on, if man could be forgiven and please God apart 
from Christ's sacrifice on the cross, there would have been no need for the Father to send his only Son to suffer the agony of crucifixion. And then he quotes Paul from Galatians 2.21. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Boy, you can't find hardly a better passage. My, my favorite chapters are Romans 3 and the book of Galatians. Uh, Luther often wrote, Martin Luther, about Galatians, indicating that the distinction between law and gospel is the greatest understanding a pastor can have in dealing with his congregation. So, pastor goes on, man is sorely mistaken when he assumes that his personal righteousness can secure God's favor. Now, personal righteousness means works that you are doing. And that can be even done by an atheist, like feeding the poor, helping people get housing, etc. He goes on, apart from faith in Christ, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. That's Isaiah 64, verse 6, in God's sight. You see, what the pastor does is he keeps pulling us back to the sight of God, not to the sight of other people. Going on, man's efforts to save his soul are nothing but religious dead works. And he quotes Hebrews 6, verse 1, and Hebrews 9, verse 14. And dead works, he says, do not please God. The main thing about good works is your motive. Boy, I can't agree with that better. He asks, am I doing these things in an effort to gain acceptance by God? Or am I doing good deeds because Jesus died on the cross for my sins and saved my soul when I trusted Christ as Savior? There is a vast difference between Christian good works and religious dead works. In fact, he continues to write, Christian good works can only be done by a believer in Jesus Christ. And he announces the way to become a believer is to repent and believe the good news. He's quoting Jesus' own words in Mark 1, verse 15. He writes, You cannot turn yourself into a Christian by doing good works. Your works please God only after your soul has first been converted by the power of the Holy Spirit. Until you receive the free gift of eternal life, 
that's Romans 6.23, through faith in Christ, a person's works mean nothing to God. And of course, he's talking about in regards to your becoming saved. Now, there's no doubt that God, even in a sense, rewards the works of an unbeliever when they're maybe feeding the poor and helping people get jobs, this sort of thing. But those are temporal rewards. The spiritual reward of eternal life, that doesn't come by any good work you do. It comes instead by the good works that Jesus does. He continues, religious dead works are performed by religious people who do not trust Christ alone for salvation. Man is separated from God because of his sin. Just take a look at the Garden of Eden, for example. What happened when Adam and Eve sinned? They were separated from the Garden of Eden. They were put out into the world. And therefore, his religious efforts do nothing to bridge this wide chasm, a separation between God the Father and human beings. The cross of Jesus Christ, he writes, is the only thing that can bring a lost sinner into an eternal relationship with God. Well, so far, there's no doubt that you probably recognize that this Pastor Delzell is doing a tremendous job in writing about one of the things that a lot of people are confused about, and that is the idea that, well, I can get to heaven by my works. Dan Delzell is a pastor, as I said, in Redeemer Lutheran Church in Papillion, Nebraska. And I really enjoy what he writes. He continues, It comes down to whether or not the Holy Spirit is living within you through faith in Christ. Now he quotes 1 Corinthians 2.14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. That is a tremendous verse, Paul writes to the Corinthians, because you therefore cannot use reason or logic or any kind of evidence to try and help a person become a Christian because they think that what you are saying is foolishness. They need to be spiritually discerned. And as he points out again and again, that spiritual discernment only can come about when you have been given faith by the Holy Spirit. In fact, it is impossible, he writes, 
for a natural man to understand the gospel. And without belief in the good news of the gospel, a person remains unconverted. Now, we've talked a lot about the difference between law and gospel. The law are God's will as to how we should behave. And as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, then that original sin came into the life of every human being conceived and born. And therefore, it is impossible for any human being to do any good work to be saved. He continues, Unconverted religious people often provide assistance for the physical and emotional needs of others. But it is impossible for an unconverted person to provide true spiritual assistance, which can only be given by those whose sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. You cannot lead people to Christ unless you know Christ. Boy, that's a great statement. How do you think an unbeliever regards his good works? He regards them as something that he may be proud of. It makes him feel good. But his motivation is always selfishness. He wants to do good works to look good in the eyes of others. But therefore, when asked, why are you doing this good work? Why are you giving so much money to the hospital? He says, well, it makes me feel good that I'm helping out people. The Christian attitude is I'm doing this because Jesus did for me what was impossible for me to do. And he joined me together with God the Father through faith in his gospel promises. So what are the gospel promises? You can't find any gospel promise that says, if you do this, then you will be saved. No. All the items that are necessary for salvation, God does within you. It is the Holy Spirit who's making the changes. None of us can change from an unbeliever to a believer, except through word and sacrament. That's why we talk about word and sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper, as the means of grace. So, he continues, Try to wrap your mind around what Scripture teaches regarding works and salvation. God is perfectly holy, while you and I are far from holy. So what would make us think that we could perform enough religious exercises or noble deeds to gain God's acceptance? What makes us think we can approach God on our terms. Now, see, getting back to natural theology, you learn how to approach your teachers at school by doing good in their grades, by your boss at work, 
by working hard and maybe getting a promotion. So you learn how to approach people that make decisions to make your life easier. And so unbelievers just assume that's how it works with God. He goes on with a real good insight here. Study the Old Testament. Read about the tabernacle. And he says that's in Exodus chapters 25 through 40. And how the Israelites were forbidden from approaching God's presence on their own terms. It had to be done God's way. Animal sacrifices were required. And the 66 books of the Bible all point to the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus, the Lamb of God, for our salvation. He writes, The only way you can be accepted by God is to go through the one mediator between God and man. And he quotes 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, which says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men. See, that's talking about the crucifixion. So, Pastor Dalzell continues, When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy presence once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, see, that's quotations from Hebrews chapter 9, 11 through verse 15. And he ends this part by quoting verse 15. Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. So now he asks a question. You may be a religious person, but are you a Christian? So he wants to make that distinction clear. He asks, are you trusting in your religious deeds to save your soul? Or are you relying upon the blood Jesus shed for you on the cross? If you long to be forgiven of your sins and you dare to live for Christ, you could speak these words to God. Wash me, Jesus, in your precious blood. Now, only a believer can say that because only believers believe that we have been washed in the blood of Christ. He then gets into the Reformation principles that 
this whole program that I've been doing for 25 years is based on. Man is justified before God through faith alone. And good works definitely please God once you are converted. He quotes Romans 1.17. The righteous shall live by faith. So apart from faith, there's no true life. And then James 2.26. Faith without works is dead. So he writes that faith in Christ produces good works, but works never produce Christian faith. You know how many people don't know that? I mean, you can ask people who are Christians, if you die tonight, would you go to heaven? And they may answer, oh, I sure hope so. I go to church every Sunday. I read my Bible. I bring my children up, talking to them about Jesus. I give funds to the church. Notice the I in all those sentences. I do this. I do that. No, none of those are what saved you. The letter writer does a really good job, Pastor Dalzell, in showing that good works don't save you. He goes on, religious dead works do nothing to aid your soul, whereas Christian good works flow from every believer in Jesus Christ. These good works begin the moment a person is saved, redeemed, born again, justified, and forgiven through faith in Christ alone. Now, I think that's an excellent statement. Now, you're going to say, well, you baptize infants. Are you telling me they begin to do good works? Well, what happens in baptism? They receive two gifts, the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, so that even an infant who has been baptized does a good work in now having faith in Jesus Christ. Now you say, how can infants have any kind of faith? They don't know what's going on. Well, ask a mother who gave birth to a child, say, a week earlier, and ask the mother, does your infant trust you? And you will hear the answer, oh, yes, the infant trusts me. He loves being held. He loves being fed. He loves being talked to. So don't tell me that infants can't trust, and therefore God gives them that trust. And we can even go to John the baptizer, where that trust came about, how? When he was still in the womb. He jumped for joy when Jesus, who was only in the womb of Mary for a few hours, came into the room when Mary visited Elizabeth. If that doesn't tell you that babies, 
even before they're born can have faith, I don't know what does. So, he indicates that these good works begin the moment you are saved. And the best good work is, of course, believing that Jesus Christ is your Savior. He kind of summarizes what he just says with this statement. Conversion occurs on the front end of your relationship with God. Prior to conversion, it is impossible for man to please God. And of course, we're talking about pleasing God in a spiritual sense. Yes, you can please God temporarily, and you might even get a reward here and there. But the fact to please God spiritually cannot happen prior to conversion. So the last paragraph of this excellent article, make no mistake about it. There is a colossal difference between Christian good works and religious good works. It is only after your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit, and here he quotes 1 Corinthians 6.19, that the following words apply to your life. And now he quotes Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. What a wonderful verse that when you get to heaven, you'll be asked the question, maybe, to whom should be given all the credit for your salvation? Unbelievers will want to say, well, I should get some of the credit because of all the good works I've been doing. But believers will say, no, Jesus Christ gets all the credit because through faith in him given to me by God himself, the Holy Spirit, I am saved. Would you like a copy of this article? Email me at longgospel at longgospel101.com. And I'll be glad to send you a free article uh, of this. I can either send it email or if you give me your home address, I'll send it in a letter. This is a great, great, great article. And I couldn't find anything with which I disagree. I'm Tom Baker. On Monday, we'll be continuing talking about law and gospel as we talk about another Bible verse. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.